Hey everyone, thank you for joining us for this series we're calling Christmas Crazy. It's in the midst of the craziness of Christmas that Jesus shows up. And when Jesus shows up, he brings love and peace and joy and connection and salvation. We hope that you enjoy this teaching. And before you log off, wherever you're watching from and whenever you're watching, we'd love to hear from you. Go to branchlife.church and check in with us there by clicking the check-in at the bottom of the page. We hope that you'll stay to the end. I have a few reminders for you after this teaching is done. But wherever you are and whenever you're watching, we hope you have a very Merry Christmas. Well, good morning, Branch Life Church. We're so glad you guys are here today. So this one time I was riding a bike, and I went off this jump, right? BMX bike, went off this jump, and in the midair, my tire, front tire, went flying off. And I proceeded to plant those forks of that bike in dirt, slam my chest, knock all the wind out of me, I'm laying on the ground, and my friend leans over and goes, huh, that didn't go like you thought, did it? And as we end up this year, this is 2023, and we turn the page to 2024, sometimes we look back and we go, well, that didn't go as we planned, did it? And we get into this Christmas season where we have our ups and downs. You're like, this gift is going to change someone's life. Or you're like, if I get that gift, it's going to change my life. And then you get it, and it might not, or it might have. Like, there's this up and down roller coaster of emotions this time of year. I have something in my yard that every day I look at and I go, huh, that didn't go the way I thought, did it? It's called a camper, right? (laughs) A couple years ago, I thought this camper was the solutions to all my problems. It was going to take care of my stress. I was going to be able to hook this thing up to my truck, take it wherever I want to go. My wife was going to be the most happy wife ever because we had a camper now. We could solve all our financial problems taking trips because we already had a camper. We could just take it and park it wherever we wanted to. My children's lives were gonna be changed forever. Their childhood was gonna be impacted. I mean, the whole North was gonna get to experience my wife's s'more basket. This thing's amazing. Like, we were gonna make new friends. We're our family members just gonna love this experience. We're gonna lead people to Christ. It's gonna be awesome. You wanna hear my experience with a camper? It's not that. I bought a camper off of Facebook Marketplace. This is where I messed up first. (laughs) So I buy this camper at the end of the season a year or two ago, and and I get this camper, and because I'm a man, I was handed these manuals like on what to do, how to winterize it and stuff like that. I don't need that shenanigans. I'm a man. So I take it to the house, and I put it in the yard, and I level it up because there's little legs on it. Level. I'm like, I'm a man. I can level this thing up. That's what I'm supposed to do. So all winter, that camper sat level in my driveway. Well, the fall went, the winter went, and snow and rain decided to sit on top of my camper. My camper does not have a roof that's curved. It's just flat. And there's this air conditioner in there and a a light fixture thing in there that sits a little low. You know what all that water and snow did? 
melted and ran right to that. You know what was around that? A hole. That means all the water and the snow, because I'm being a man and knew what I was doing, leveled that thing off, and all the snow went right into my camper. All the rain went right into my camper. And it ruined, like, the whole camper. Right? So spring comes, we're all excited, and I open this thing up, and what do I find? Just an absolute disaster. The whole roof is rotten, all the stuff stained and everything. And in that moment, my wife convinced me that I was Chip Gaines, and she was Joanna Gaines of the camper world fixer upper time, right? You can do it. We can just rip this thing apart, no problem, and we'll put it right back together. So I proceeded without knowing what I'd do to rip this thing apart, not thinking about where anything needed to go back. And the more I ripped, the further it came and the further I went, right? Whew, that was trouble. So I close it up. I'm like, I'll deal with it another day. Then bees happen. Bees, not just any bees, the super bees, Right? These are yellow jackets that four cans of Raid cannot kill. Right? I stick it in the hole they are and just empty and empty and empty. Two minutes later, there's bees. I don't know. They're all coming out of this hole. So now this thing that was supposed to change my life for the better, these things that I've had friends, and I still think you're friends, but I question it sometimes because you convinced me to get a camper, right? have this amazing experience of all this joy this camper brought into their life. They're told how it's just been the greatest thing ever. But for me, my experience has not been great. And it's not the camper's fault. Whose fault is it? Mine. I didn't take care of that camper. I didn't do what the instructions said with that camper. Today, we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If you have with your Bibles with you, uh, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If you don't have a Bible, there's some under the seat there. But we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And today, we're going to see the gift that God has given us, the greatest gift ever, and then what we're supposed to do with that gift and how that gift should change us. And in the midst of this Christmas crazy, we need to remember that there's more. There's more to be done with this gift. There's more to be done with what's been given to you, and there's more to come. So before we get started, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you that we have the opportunity to come and hear your word, hear the goodest, good, not the goodest, the best news ever. Your son, Jesus Christ, dying on the cross for our sins. Lord, I ask that your word go forward. You get me out of the way of your word, Lord, and that people will hear and impact this news and get on fire for this news and give this news away as a free gift to everybody. Lord, help us to walk out different than we walk in. We give it all to you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 is where we're going to start. It says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All of this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, 
he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of Christ. There was a word that was highlighted in those chapters about five times. It was reconciliation. Right? If you read the last couple verses there, you saw it come up multiple reconciled, reconciliation, reconciling. Can you guess what this portion of Scripture is about? If there's five times it's repeated in there, it's probably it. This act of reconciliation. What is reconciliation? It's when two things, people, nations, whatever, are separated because there was an offense or something in between. And because of that, they can no longer be in unity with each other. They can no longer function in a relationship together. That, that relationship has been severed. It's been broken. And here we see it all the time in life. We see nations that are broken and need to be reconciled. We see friendships that are broken and need to be reconciled. We see families that, need to, that are broken and need to be reconciled. If you are married or have a girlfriend or a boyfriend or have any kind of relationship, there is some point your relationship has been broken. It's been, there has been an offense, something wrong done to the other person, and in that time, your relationship is just on the rocks. It's tough, and it needs mending. You know, I'm married. My wife's also named Alex. She has it super difficult because she married me, and there's quite often times that I do something dumb. More in her head than my head, but mostly I got, there's, there's something I do dumb, and it causes an offense against my wife. And when something has an offense, it's normally the person that did the offending, we did the wrong, that goes to the one that they wronged and tries to repair that relationship. So there's a secret method in my house, and my wife is at sick at home right now, but she's probably watching online, and I, I really don't know if I want to give this information out. I sort of kept it to myself for all these years. But there's a, a four-step system of R's in the root house to resolve reconciliation. That's a lot of raw R's, right? So if there's something I do in the doghouse, per se, right, I'm in trouble, there's a couple things that I can do. The first thing is to remove or repair. So whatever I did, if I did something, I broke something, or, or I messed something up, either I can repair it or remove that from the situation. Normally, that works. Honey, I'm sorry, it's fixed. She's like, oh, I love you, I love you too, it's, all, it's awesome. All right? The next, if that doesn't work, you go to step two. That's called Reppert's Chocolate. All right? <laughs> So in Oli PA, there's this great little chocolate store called Reppert's, right? She loves the vanilla caramel chocolate. Thing. I, I see, if I see them, I know which ones they are. I don't know the name of it. But if, if removing and, and restoring whatever that is doesn't work, I go to chocolate. And that generally works. She's like, oh, you're so awesome. You're the greatest husband in the world. I'm like, I know. It's awesome. Right? And we can move on. If I really messed up. Now, this is real. I really haven't got to this point much, right? So it goes... Uh, remove, repair, Reppert's chocolate, rooster. She loves chickens. If I get my wife a chicken, I can pretty much do whatever I want. She is just like, if the offense is that great, then I go get a chicken, she will forgive me for pretty much anything. And then the last R. So I repaired it, I removed it, I got the chocolates, I got her the chicken, then you just repeat, right? Just start over again. And just start keeping going through that thing. And most of the times, it, it repairs that relationship. And we work on that. And we reconcile that. And it's me realizing that I'm in the wrong, 
going to her and solving that. But here's the deal, what we see in here. God sort of flips the script on us. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled, he brought us together with God to himself. Wait a minute. Reconciled us to himself. This is what throws me. I'm the one that did the offense. I'm the one that's in the wrong. God is a perfect, holy, righteous, just, all-knowing, all-loving, all-powerful. I mean, He is God. He doesn't do anything wrong. And I'm a man that does about everything wrong. And yet, He is reconciling me to Himself. How is that possible? That's what separates Christianity from every other religion in the world. This is the only time where you see God extending a ladder down from heaven and making it so that he can be in right relationship with us. Everywhere else in the whole world and every culture, every religion, it's you trying to earn your way to God. And in this sense, God is making it so that we can get to him on his behalf, not because of what we do. And it's mind-blowing. And it's more mind-blowing because of who God is. I said he's holy, he's loving, he's righteous, but there's this word just. He's a just God. And we like the other ones a lot of time. We love the fact that God's loving. We love the fact that he's holy and perfect. Like, that's awesome. You know, we got all this going. But then you get this word just. And the word just means he's going to see it that every action, every choice that is made gets the consequence that's due to it. That's what being just is. He can't just let it slide. He can't just say, you know what, it's not that big of a deal. He says the, the, the wages of sin, which is a trespass, which is an offense, is death. And because he's a just God, he has to see that that infraction, that sin, that trespass is absolutely paid for. And that's where we have a real problem. Because the Bible tells us, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are in a broken relationship with God. We are sinners that separate us from God. And then the Bible says, we're our best works, the best chocolates we can bring, the best chickens we can do to give to God, the best anything, the best helping the poor, giving to Branch Life Church, giving to the community, saving people, the best that we could ever think or imagine is as filthy rags to God. How, how then can we get right with God? How then can God say he's a loving God and a just God and yet Forgive us our sins. Just give us a path. See, we are just people. Sometimes we think that our sins are not that big of a deal. Like, Alex, I told a little white lie. Is it like, I didn't cause like World War III. I just, I just told a little white lie. I just cheated on that test a little bit. I just sped a little faster than I was supposed to. You know what? That's kind of a tax right, right off. I'm going I'm to sort of take that. I made great. It's not that big of a deal, Alex. It's not 
worthy of that. But if someone offends us, right, just imagine, like I have kids. If someone harmed my kid, I would demand that justice be paid. Just absolutely. If someone rear-ended my car, I would say, I hope you have insurance because you're paying for that. Right? If there was a wrong that was done to, one, to anyone, we would say, like, you can think of the situations and you would go, justice has to be done right now. What happens over in the Middle East, justice has to be done. These great acts of uh, awful violence in humanity, there's got to be, like, something's got to happen to that. Consequences must take time. Justice must be served. And we think that, but then we look at ours and we go, ah, it's not that big of a deal. But our sin is as big as a deal of everything that would separate my child from me, my children. There would be nothing short of death that would stop me from getting to my children if something was harming them. Think about it. Think about the ones you love and you care for. What would you go through? What would you do to get your children back? Get your family back. Get your friends back. What would you do? And in the same way, God sees sin like that. I get angry thinking about it. It says, sin separates God from his people. That's it. God so loved the world. He loves every single one of you in here right now and online. In the whole world. And he does not want you to be apart from him in this world of brokenness. And this sin, ever since creation, when Adam and Eve decided to break from God's design and do what they wanted to do and, and say, God, your rules aren't important. I'm going to do what I want to do. Sin entered the world and it was broken. And all the pain, all the suffering, all the hardships that we find in this world is caused by sin. Death caused by sin. Cancer is caused by sin. Human trafficking is caused by sin. Child abuse is caused by sin. Racism is caused by sin. War is caused by sin. Violence is caused by sin. Murder is caused by sin. Hate, abuse, addiction, all of this is because we live in a broken world that is affected by sin. It says Jesus wept. He is not excited that you get to suffer. He is not excited that you have to face sorrow of a lost one. He is not excited that you have to face cancer. He is not excited that people experience abuse. He is not excited about racism, and he's up there and just like, yeah, whatever. He goes, I want it to stop. And every sin that is done, God will make sure there's a consequence for. I want you to hear that today. There is not a sin ever committed that God will not see to it that is punished according to justice. The thing is, who's going to pay for it? And God loved us so much that he wanted to get us out of that brokenness. He wanted his children back. And it says, for the wages of sin are death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. He says that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet enemies of God, while we were yet Doing wrong to God, he loved us so much that he sent the one thing that pleased him. That truly always did what was right. His one begotten son, Jesus. God chose to send him here to live a perfect life. To die on a cross, to die a death that you deserved. 
And when we put our faith and trust in him, all the sin, all the consequences, the actions we've ever done, God takes it and he puts it on Christ and punishes it on the Christ, on the cross. And then he takes that righteousness of Christ and he puts that on you. That's the gospel. Look at what it says in verse 21. For our sake he, that's God, made him, that's Jesus, to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might have become the righteousness of Christ. This is how deep the Father's love for us. This is it. It's the great exchange. God takes our sin and puts it on Christ so that he bears the punishment of us that we deserve. And not only that, then he takes God's, Christ's righteous standing before God with no sin, with always fully pleasing God, and he extends that to us as an absolute free gift so that when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, God sees you as Christ. What a deal. What an exchange. That's a no-brainer. At the instant that you recognize that you are a sinner and that you ask for forgiveness from God, he takes that, that consequence and puts it to God, Christ so that he can have you back. If you've never heard that before, this is the whole point of why Jesus came to earth. It's for this moment right here. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that everlasting life starts right now. The moment you decide to follow Jesus, you say, I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. I confess with my mouth that he's Lord. And I believe that God raised him from the dead. In that instant, the exchange happens. It's not a process. It's not an escrow. It's not like I'll hold on to this till it clears. In that instant, instant justification is the word. Before God, you were made as right as right could be. And it's amazing. If you've never done that before, I encourage you today to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. If you want more information, you can go to our gospel tab here at Branch Life Church. Afterwards, there'll be people up here to pray with you as well. But here's the question, and too many Christians have this. If God's goal is to redeem me so that I could go to heaven with him forever, why am I still sitting in a chair right now? Like, if I put my faith and trust in Christ, it should be like, beam me up, Scotty. Right? If my goal is just that God's goal was just to save me, then what's the point in me being here anymore? And God could absolutely do beam me up Scotty right now. If God saved you years ago, why in the world has he left you here to suffer? If the goal was ultimately just to save you, which he loves you and he did, there's no point. Go to heaven. But yet he calls us to stay here. Why? Second part of this verse. 
He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He gave us the mission of going into the world because this gift that we just received, the greatest news ever, changes everything, we're in right relationship with God, is not just for me. It's not just for you. Whether you've been saved 30 seconds or 30 years, this gift is not just for you. It is to be shared. Look at what it says. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself. Now, right here, I have to stop. I messed up the PowerPoint, and I'm missing a word. Can anyone tell me the word that's supposed to be right here? Not. It's not. This not changes everything. Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, counting their trespasses? No. Not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. I almost just want to take this off the screen because I'm just terrified someone's going to read that wrong. Hold on. There we go. Not. See it? We got it. That's very important. It's the whole point. And we get this message of reconciliation, this message. It's good news. There's good news. You, as a broken sinner, can be reunited with a holy, loving, righteous God. And you know what? It costs you nothing. What it costs him? Everything. It's called grace. He offers it to you for free. Just like a, a, a gift on Christmas, we get to just give it away. And this gift, he empowers you. He gets to give you the greatest gift that keeps on giving, the gift of grace. And he says that we're supposed to be ambassadors. I can skip this now. Here we go. Bam. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. One of the biggest moments in my life is when I understood this. That God sends us as his messengers. God has used all kinds of stuff to proclaim the glory of who he is. He used donkeys, he's used angels, he's used creation. But now he says, I am going to make my appeal for a broken world. My ones that I love. I am going to send you as a messenger to tell them this message. That God will, God has made a way for you to be right. And we get to be his ambassadors. That means representatives. And why this changed my life so much was I didn't understand this the first 15, 20 years of my relationship with God. I got saved when I was a six. I couldn't understand the word reconciliation. I just knew that I didn't want to go to hell. I wanted to go to heaven. And if I trusted Jesus, sweet, I'm there. It wasn't until later in life I've always trusted that. I've always been saved. It's not like I got re-saved. But I never understood what it meant to be an ambassador for Christ. I never understood God's plan to use me to tell people about Christ, this good news. And it wasn't until I was like in my 20s and my friend committed suicide that I spent so much time with. Oh, I traveled around the world with this guy. Thousands of hours with this dude. I never opened my mouth. I was too busy living like the country I was an ambassador to. 
I was pursuing the same highs he was pursuing, the same pursuits he was pursuing, the same satisfaction and the same things he was pursuing. I found my hope in the same things, but there was a little something different. Yes, I've been reconciled to God, but I took that gift and I just put it on a shelf. And it wasn't until he took his life that I was like, that dude is paying for his sins. It ripped me up. Still rips me up. All that time I had a gift and I didn't give it. Now God is sovereign. And his eternity is in God's hand. But in that moment, I realized I was not doing what I was called to do. I was not being a representation of that awesome gift of salvation that is in Christ. I looked too much like the world. There was nothing different about me. Just like that camper sitting in my driveway, that camper could do a lot of good. But because I'm not using it, my life is no different. Actually, it's kind of worse because now I got a lawn ornament that's falling apart. And, I, and it's just like, what, why am I not sharing this? Why hasn't my life changed? Look at what it says in 2 Corinthians uh, 17. We're going to go back up to the top here. Therefore, if any was in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All of this is from God. If this was a present, there was one more present under the tree. And there's a tag on it. This is what the tag say. To every believer, anyone in Christ. This is you too. So if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, this gift is for you. Who's it from? It's from God. This last gift. What is it? You can become a new creation because you're in right relationship with God through Christ. It's called reconciliation. Because when you become in a right relationship with God, you become a new creation. But the problem is, most of us, if we were honest and we asked our friends, there's not much different about us. Maybe on Sunday morning that you guys got here. But is my life really different? The Bible says, since we're a new in creation, a ton of stuff changes. Yeah, we have a new destination. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him should have everlasting life. Instantly, our home is now in heaven. We're just passing through. This is the closest to hell we'll ever get. We're going to heaven. There's going to be a day with no more pain, no more sorrow, no more tears. We're going to walk hand in hand, beholding the glory of God. And it's going to be awesome. That's where we're heading. Instantly. For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. But too often we act like this time, this next 60 years, 50 years, two years, whatever it is, is what we're living for. But when you become in a right relationship, when you're reconciled to God, you now have a new eternity. You have a new record, right? The credit forgiveness, the debt, like you rack up all this debt over Christmas or whatever you do, right? All this sin that we have to be accounted for, we now have a new, a new record. He forgave us all our trespasses, all our wrongs. And this visual picture here is amazing. Having canceled the debt ascribed to us in the decrees that stood against us, he took it away, nailing it to the cross. Emphatically, intentionally, pounding that thing done. It's finished. No longer are you uh, known by your deeds of sin. Your standing before God is paid up. Actually, your standing is righteousness now. You're made perfect with God. 
And this is the coolest part. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove your transgressions from us. I was suggested to do this today. And I'm sorry, design team. As far as east is from the west, we'll do this one first. Thank God he didn't say north and south. Because north and south meet. If you take the earth and you go north and you keep going, where you end to the hub? South. North, south. But if you go east and west, they never meet. That's how far your sin is from God. I was going to throw this one this way and throw this one that way, but I rethought that. <laughs> God says your sin, the offenses you have done, is like it's going that way. And it's going that it's as far from you as you can ever imagine because of what has been done and finished on the cross on your behalf. We have a new life. But God, being rich in mercy, not because we deserve it, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, be held accountable for our sins, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. You have a new life in Christ. You are a new creation. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. God frees us from all kinds of things that the sin ensnares us in this world. He breaks us free of that and gives us life to be able to be satisfied, purpose-driven, valued. It's amazing. And this is all comes because you have a right relationship with God through Christ. 2 Corinthians 1 through chapter 5, I read through and found every promise or everything that reflects the new life in Christ. You ready for him? You have a new comfort. This is five chapters. You have a new comfort, a new strength, a new help, a new hope, a new promise, a new spirit, a new joy, a new glory, a new righteousness, a new boldness, a new sight, a new confidence, a new life, a new faith, a new speech, a new grace, a new heart, new courage, motivation, Freedom, freedom from sin, freedom from addiction, freedom from bondage, freedom from fear, freedom from anxiety. And too much and too often, my life does not represent that. And there's people in here today, it's like, yeah, I put my faith and trust in Christ, but I don't have that. It continues on, new identity. That is why you are no longer foreigners and outsiders, but citizens together with God. People and members of God's family. You went from being enemies to God, not because of anything you did, but because of what he did, to being child of God, family with God. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You get a new family. For in one spirit we, are, we were all baptized, one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and one member suffers. When one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. He says you're into a new family. And this family, you know how powerful this family as united in pursuing God and empowered by God to this new creation. Look at this. I will build my church. That's this. It's not a building. It's the people that claim to be followers of Jesus Christ. It's the people that are in Christ. Brothers and sisters in the Lord, I will build my family, my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Mental picture right there. Imagine the gates of hell coming at you. And God says, one of the things you get from being reconciled to me and right relationship with me is a new family. 
And that new family's there is to pick you up, build you up, and stand with you in the fight against what God has called us to do. And in that fight, you're fighting a battle that's already won because the gates of hell cannot withstand. How awesome is that? You have a new power. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. God in you is more powerful than anything you have to face in this world. Do you understand that? Are you a new creation in that? Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work, where? In us. That power's in us when we have a right relationship with God. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, are you kidding me? You want to talk about power bringing death to life. The same power that conquered the grave in Jesus Christ now lives inside of you. And yet we can still look like the old creation. Do we look new? And that's the problem. If we're honest with ourselves, and I'm not like accusing, this is me. This is what I've experienced. Yes, I get the greatest gift of ever that's supposed to change my life in all these ways, make me a new creation, but yet I look exactly the same as I did before. How is that being an ambassador? How is that fulfilling the mission of reconciliation? How is that sharing the good news? You get it, my favorite verse. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God has created beforehand for us to step into. Ephesians 2.10. The whole point is that God, when we come in that relationship, makes us exactly what we need to be puts us in the exact same circumstances that we need to be to do exactly what we called. That means whether in sickness or in health, whether in richer or poor, in good times and bad, in sorrow and rejoicing, married or single, with children or childless, employed or unemployed, old or young, from the first day to the last day, a garbage man to a CEO at home or at work, at the beach or the mountains, down the street or across the world, on a pickleball court or actually in court, in jail or free, God has put you exactly where he wants you to be for one purpose, to point to Christ. You have the gift of reconciliation through Christ. And yet it changes sometimes nothing in us. How, how Alex, can I have that and not be changed? I'm going to share with you my favorite gift this Christmas. This is right. This is a Lego unicorn, everyone. Me and my daughter had a couple arguments about what it should be named. She said it shouldn't be named anything. I chose Sparkle Farts because if anything would pass gas and have glitter in it, it'd be a unicorn, right? Anyways, this is my favorite gift. It was my gift, well, my wife and I's gift to my daughter. Never thought really anything of it. Like, this is at the end cap of a store. It's a Lego unicorn, right? But my daughter thought it was the greatest thing in the world. As soon as I gave it to her, she opened it up. She had a unicorn. She had this. She might have just saw a picture of it. It may have been in three different bags, about 800 different little pieces. But she had it. And the same thing with Christ. We have Christ. But then he gives us instructions. 
So the first thing she did at 10 o'clock at night when my wife and my son are sick on the couch, she goes, Daddy, can we build the unicorn? Yeah, we can build the unicorn. She asked. So we get down, we sit down at this table, right? And, we, and I was like, yeah, we could do this. Probably like five pieces or something like that. No. I open it up. I'm like, oh, what'd I do? And she sat there and we, we start to follow the manual. We open this manual. You know who doesn't like following manuals? Me. And it was like two pieces here, one piece here. And I'm like, man, it's 10 o'clock at night. Like, come on, this here, that here. We obeyed what it said. If we started putting it in the wrong spot, it would have became like a duck or something. I don't know. But it wouldn't have become a unicorn. And we followed the instructions. And then I ran into another problem. I have sausage fingers. That's hard for these little pieces. Right? I couldn't get them on, but you know who doesn't have sausage fingers? My daughter. She has these cute little fingers, and she can put all these little things on there and place them. Where I'm struggling, you know who has good eyesight? My daughter. You know who has bad eyesight? Me. They all look the same, the pieces. Then my daughter's picking out the ones we need and putting it together, we start building it. And as we go, all of a sudden, she starts going, oh, I see it. That's its tail. That's, that's its hair. That's its horn. It's dead. We have a unicorn. Look, it's the paws. And she got so excited. She took it, and she ran it, and she said, I can't wait to show mommy. It's like, she's sick. Show her in the morning. Oh, I'm going to show her in the morning. Then I'm going to show Nolan. I'm going to show Nana Papa. I'm going to show Gammy. I'm going to show everyone my unicorn. She gets super excited about it. And here... It's a unicorn. In the same way, God has given us this gift, the greatest thing ever. And our lives should be changed. Her lives changed. She has a unicorn. And our lives should be changed. So as we look back at a year, 2023, and we move forward to the new, the old has gone and the new has come. What can we do to represent Christ more? What can we do to become a new creation? God gives us as simple as the Lego instructions. It's just whether or not you're going to do it. You already have the gift of being in relationship with the most powerful being in the history of the world, in the history of eternity. God and all that power. But he says this is how you use it. You don't just get a camper and ruin it. You follow the instructions. The first thing we do is we pray. We pray. If you draw near to God, He will draw near to you. In your right relationship with God, it entitles you to boldly go before the Father now. Your God is now called your Father, and He's a good Father. He's not a bad Father. He wants to give you good things. He wants to empower you to do what He's called you to do. He wants to be with you. But we need to ask. And just the same way Gracie asked, we need to ask God. We need to spend time in prayer. Our motto at Branch Life Church is pray first. Then we have these little booklets which says pray first, a personal prayer guide. And you can fill it out. It walks you step by step how to pray. If you commit the next year, 2024, to prayer, your life will 1,000% be different. It's whether if you're too lazy to wake up and do it. If it's you're too focused on the world to sit there and dwell on the things of God and talk to God. 
You have not because you ask not. It's a verse in the Bible. You want to be a new creation in Christ? Ask God. That's the first step. Step number two, the Bible. It's the manual. My grandfather had it written in his Bible. Basic instructions before leaving earth. It's that simple. Everything that God needs you to know, all the parts, all the pieces, God has given us in his word. Right here. And we say, I don't understand why this stuff's not working out. I don't understand it. It tells us in here. But yet, are we, are we going to do it? It says in 2 Timothy, all scripture is God-breathed, profitable for teaching and making and equipping the man of God and the women of God. If you're serious about becoming a new creation and seeing the power of God move through you, pray and get into his word. And then it's simple, trust and obey. If I followed manuals but didn't do what they say, and I go, I can't believe it's not working. And you all go, you're an idiot. You didn't follow the manual. God has created us a certain way to do it. He knows it. Obey it. It's that simple. If you were studying the Bible and you're like, I really don't understand that, on our website, it's called the Discovery Bible Tool. It teaches you how to take any section of Scripture, read it, and get what God has for you out of it. Super simple. You just go to our website and we do that. And if you give this next year to studying God's word, your life's going to be different. When you obey, it is impossible without God to please him, without faith to please God. It's as simple as taking the next step that God calls you to do. Some of us, I know in here, it's to get baptized. Some of us, it's to put your faith and trust in Jesus. Some of us, it's to pray. Some of us, it's to read God's word. Some of us, it's just to be in fellowship. Whatever God calls you to do when you pray and read God's word and you hear it, go do it. The other thing he's given us is the church. The gates of hell will not stand against us. Better together, right there. The other thing at church. We are better together. God has equipped us and made it so that we can encourage each other, pick one another up, hold each other accountable, go pursue Christ together. How we do that here at Branch Life Church is called small groups. Get plugged into a small group. If you are not plugged into a small group, you are missing out. You're fighting a battle you're not supposed to fight alone. You can't do it by yourself, and God has given us one another. And then always remember your purpose. Always remember what you're supposed to do with that gift. Remember, if you're still alive, point to Christ. If you're still here, that means God's not done with you. He still has a job for you to do, which is the ministry of reconciliation. You are to go spread this message. Whatever sphere you're in, whatever situation, I listed that like in sickness and health, in singleness, in marriage, in brokenness, and in wholeness, in richer or for poor, like the whole marriage things, right? Whatever you're facing right now, God has called you to glorify him in it. You should respond differently to the world's circumstances than the rest of the world does. And you know what that is? Is the ministry of reconciliation. That's saying, my life's different and my life is demonstrating that. So in word and deed, we go forward and we preach this message. For our sake, God made Jesus to be sin who knew no sin. So that 
in him we might have become the righteousness of Christ. That's it. The greatest news in history in like three sentences. The great exchange, the fact that you can be forgiven and that Christ paid the penalty for our sins, satisfying the justice of God so that he can still be a loving, holy, just God, but redeem broken sinners to himself. And again, as, as we start to look at this next year coming forward, he also calls us, do this in remembrance of me. So we're about to take communion. There's no saving power in communion. It's all it is, is remembering. In the back windows there, there's some communion if you haven't got it. Uh, there's some elements up here as well. It says in 2 Corinthians, oh, it says in 1 Corinthians 23. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This is my cup, which is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you drink the bread and drink, I mean, eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. God constantly reminds us to remember. To remember the price. Remember the absolutely high cross. I mean, he was pleased to crush the one thing that truly pleased him, Christ, to get us back. That's a huge cost. And we don't take this lightly. If you're not comfortable taking communion, please don't. It goes on to say, Whoever therefore eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For if anyone eats the drink without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. They're about to sing my favorite song in history. How deep the Father's love for us. And in that time, I want you to think back and remember. As he talked about our sin that held him there. Who, who am I that I should gain from his reward? I mean, God, like me deserving death. I get grace. And as we think over this next couple minutes as they sing, just dwell on that. It's worth living a new life. It's worth being a new creation. If there's a sin in you that you're holding on to and you haven't confessed God, do not take communion before you confess that to God in your own heart. If there's an offense between you and someone else that needs to be reconciled, it says, leave the cup and go do that and then come back. And when we are obedient to what God has for us, we are a new creation. All those things I said are powered through us to live this life and be an awesome testimony. So as the worship team sings, just remember, and when you are ready at your own time, you can participate in remembering Christ's death.
become a new creation. In front of you, you guys have these cards. You can stay in the barcode and fill them out online. But this is how we stay connected with you guys. Maybe today is the day that you realize that it's only by God's grace and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ dying on the cross for your sins, and you never accepted that gift of salvation, and you realize that you're still dead in your trespasses apart from God. And today is the day that you settle that up. You just accept a free gift of salvation. Put it on this card. We want to celebrate with you. We're going to have people up here after the service to pray with you. It's the greatest news, and it's as easy as that. Death to life. Bam. Maybe today you want to take your next steps. Maybe you said, I haven't been living as a new creation. I want to Maybe be baptized. It says believe and be baptized. You accepted Christ, but you never publicly as an ambassador of Christ displayed the gospel. 
It's time to get baptized. Put that on this card. Maybe you said, Alex, I'm drowning here. I'm fighting the battle. There's no one around. I need, I need people. We're better together. Get in a group. We have like 16, 18 different groups. We got to have more groups. Put it on the card and we'll connect you guys. I mean, I'm really drowning, Alex. I got sorrow. I got grief. I'm in season of extreme loss. Come back next week. Good grief. For good grief. We're going to walk through sorrow together and how to process that even though in this we have the hope of eternity that there will be no more a day with no more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain. But yet in this brokenness, how do we comprehend? How do we work through that? We're going to get into it. So as we close here, I want to end with this verse. Philippians 3, 13 through 14. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet have taken hold of this, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenly word in Christ. You all are on mission. God, if you're still here, God still wants to use you. Be obedient and follow God. Lord, we thank you for your son. We thank you that you paid the price for our sins, something that we couldn't do so that you could get us back. Lord, as we go into 2024, I ask that we be on fire for you that our friends and our family and our workplace and our community and our country, Lord, that, that they would see a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come all because of this gift, this gift of salvation that's only found in your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you. Help us be faithful, help us be obedient, and help us to move in the power of you. In your name we pray. Man, I hope that talk was an encouragement to you and we have one special request for you. No matter where you are or when you're watching, we'd love to hear from you. Go to branchlife.church and click the check-in link at the bottom of the page and let us know what this talk has meant to you. It would be a giant encouragement to us. And I hope that you survive the craziness of Christmas. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, have a very Merry Christmas. We'll see you next time.